Amen. I was waiting on the second verse of that song. Thank you, guys. Man, what glory brought to the Lord this morning. I tell you, thank you so much for sharing that choir. Thank you for sharing and singing this morning. And thank all of you for taking part in worship and being a part of worship this morning. So uh, thank you so much. If you brought your Bibles, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 28. It's going to be a familiar passage. In fact, you may have memorized it. You've been part of this church for any length of time. You may have this pretty well down. Matthew chapter 28. And then we're going to look at Luke chapter 16. As we go on with our theme, going forward. Going forward in faith. Shared with you several weeks ago how God spoke to me about uh, there's some things that he wants to do in us individually and as a church. But in order for those to take place, we're going to have to go forward in faith. Now, I say in faith because there's some things that, 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 that we need to do that are see done that only God can do, only he can do. And so we're going to have to trust him. And I believe with all of my heart that you'll see a difference in churches today when the outside world begins to see the church doing things that only God can do in the church. And so we want to, we want to look at some areas about uh, areas that we need to step forward individually, then as a church, in faith. And we dealt with how Christ stepped forward in faith, how Christ uh, left heaven and he came to earth and he was willing to step forward in faith, trusting in the plan of Almighty God, and he came to earth and he stepped forward while on earth and did ministry, he stepped forward in faith and went to a garden of Gethsemane and he stepped forward from the garden and he went to uh, a trial and he went to a crucifixion and he ended up going to a grave and he ascended back into heaven and one day he's coming again. He was willing to go forward in faith and Moses told the people, God said, tell the people when they got to the edge of the Red Sea, go forward, go forward. They'd still been standing by the Red Sea had they not been willing to trust God, put their faith in God Step forward. And that's what God wants us to do individually and then as a church. And so we looked at the last four weeks about going forward in faith in regards to worship. To worship. And so now we want to look at, beginning today and perhaps next week, going forward in faith, doing personal evangelism. Doing personal evangelism. Going forward in faith doing personal evangelism. Matthew chapter 28, familiar passage. Go ye therefore, verse 19. Go ye therefore, Jesus is, is speaking to his disciples and to us. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. So in Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20, we have the final instruction or the final call to duty by Jesus to individual Christians and to the church. To individual Christians and to the local church. So first of all, if you're taking notes, I have about three or four points I need you to jot down. 
First of all, as we look at this passage, verses 19 through 20, notice it's a personal call. It's a personal call. It's a personal call to duty. It's a personal call to responsibility. He says, go ye, go ye. Literally, the translation is translated in the Greek New Testament as as you are going, as you are going, as you're moving about, as you're moving about your daily activities. In other words, as you're going to work and as you're going to school and as you're going to class and as you're going fishing and as you're going golfing and as you're going shopping and as you're just hanging out with your friends, go ye. Now notice the instructions are to whom? Go ye. Go ye. Now the question comes about who's ye? Who's ye? Well, go ye. The ye is you. The ye is ye. You as a layperson in the pew, the ye is the pastor behind the pulpit, the ye is us as Mountain View Baptist Church. That's the instructions. The point is Jesus is issuing his final call, his final respons- our final responsibility, our duty, uh, the command, the commission to you, to me, to us. The point is no believer, no Christian is exempt, is excused, is pardoned from the task, from the duty to go. Now, we're to be accountable one day for how we obey this great commission. Don't forget that. As individual and as a church. It's not just for the deacons. It's not just for the pastor. It's not just for a select few, the gifted evangelist. But it's to everyone. All of us. The truth is the verse is addressed to you, to me, to us. So we need to understand that at the very beginning of evangelism. Doing personal evangelism. Before you do personal evangelism, you have to understand that the commission to do that comes from Jesus Christ to you, to me, to us. Okay? So it's a personal call. But notice something else. It's a call to evangelism. To evangelism. The point Jesus is calling you, me, and us as a church to evangelize as we go. As we go. Now, I notice it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, and it mentions baptizing them. Baptizing them. It doesn't say evangelizing them, but he says baptizing them. So the question comes about why do we baptize? Why do we baptize? Because baptism is an outward demonstration of having believed the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we baptize. The baptism service that we had last Sunday, I believe three were baptized last Sunday, that was an outward demonstration that those three had believed the gospel, trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. So baptism is a demonstration of having believed the gospel of Jesus Christ. So first you hear the gospel, you hear the good news. The word gospel means good news. So what's the good news? If it's good news, what's the good news? The good news is that you no longer, and I no longer, have to die because of our sins. That's the good news. You don't have to die eternally. For your sins. That's good news. Romans 3, 23 makes it very clear. And it just simply says, 
For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners, none excluded. Every person born is a sinner. All have sinned and come short. All have sinned. It's kind of a picture of an archer shooting an arrow at a target, and right before it hits the bullseye, it kind of falls short. The Bible says that all of us have fallen short of God's expectation for our lives. There's, there's, none, there's not a good person here, all right? None of us are good. The Bible says there's none good, no, not one. The reason for that, all of us have fallen short of God's expectation for, my li- for our lives. I can't point my finger at you. I've got three pointing back at me. I'm a sinner also. And so we have to understand that all of us have sinned. Romans 6.23 says, as we've sinned, that the wages of sin, that payment for sin, is death. It's death. It's, it's physical death, but it's also a spiritual death. It's an eternal death. And so Jesus came from heaven to die in our place for our sins. Now, that's good news. Jesus came, born of a virgin. Jesus died as our substitute on the cross. Jesus was buried. And on the third day, Jesus arose again, victorious over sin and over over death and over the grave. Acts 3, uh, 19 says, if we repent, he says, when you turn from your sins, when you repent, he says, repent you therefore and be converted. The only way you can be converted, first of all, is to repent of your sins. You know, a lot of people don't like to talk about repentance. They see it as a form of works. But Jesus says, listen, before you're converted, you have to repent of your sins. And so, when we turn from our sins, repent of our sins, see ourselves as a sinner, see ourselves apart from God, see ourselves lost, see ourselves dying without forgiveness, seeing ourselves dying without hope, seeing ourselves as God sees us, if we just place our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did there on Calvary, trust him, call on him, confess him as our Lord, he will forgive us and he will save us from our sins. That is good news. That's the gospel. Then, when you trust Christ, you believe the gospel, put your faith and trust in him and nothing else, then... You demonstrate that by this outward demonstration of this inward experience by being baptized. Now, if, if you truly believe that Jesus came, and you truly believe that Jesus died for your sins, and you truly believe he was buried, and that he arose again from the, from the dead, and one day he's coming again, baptism is a demonstration that you have died to yourself your selfish desires. You have died to self. You have died to sin. Sin no longer controls you. You've given your heart to Christ. You've accepted him as the Lord of your life. He has complete control over you. You go where he wants you to go. Do what he wants you to do. Say what he wants you to say. Why? He is your Lord. He's kuros. He has all power and authority and control over your life. You have submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And when you're baptized, you're saying, I've died to sin, tush. I've been raised new in Christ Jesus. Baptized. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And your baptism is a demonstration of that fact in your life. Now, here's the point. If, if you've been baptized without trusting Jesus Christ, if you've been baptized and you've never been born again, you're just a baptized person waiting to go to hell when you die. It's not about baptism, it's about Jesus Christ. Please remember that. It's good news. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you confess, if you shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, the heart, Man believes under righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Confessing what? Confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. That's the confession. And without Christ being the Lord, Christ is not your Savior. He is your Savior because He is Lord. He has all power and authority to forgive your sins, to snatch you up out of a devil's hell. He has the authority to, to bring you up with him one day to be glorified and to have a new body. He has that power to carry you with him into heaven, carry us into heaven. He's Lord. You don't make him Lord. He's already Lord, Philippians chapter 2. You just submit to that lordship in your life. That's how you know you're saved. If you're your own boss, you're lost or you're backslidden. He has to be the Lord of your life. And one day, if you refuse to submit to his lordship here, one day every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of the Father. Go forward in faith doing personal evangelism. It's a personal call. It's a call to, to, to evangelism when we share the gospel of Christ, his virgin birth, his atoning sacrifice on the cross, his physical death, his burial, his glorious resurrection. But I noticed something else, number three. Doing personal evangelism is, is really directed to all nations. You see that in verse 20, chapter 28? He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. That word nation, the Greek word for that is, is ethnos, it's ethnic where we get the word ethnic, English word. Uh, the point is the gospel is good news for all ethnics. It's good for all nations. I was looking this morning and I began to, I just Googled uh, ethnic nations. Popped up. And I, and I just went down through there and, and as I scrolled, I counted. And there's, there's over 145 different ethnic groups. Caucasians, I'm glad that's an ethnic group. Caucasians, Hispanics, Romanians, Nicaraguans, Chinese, Japanese, and on and on and on for 145 plus, I think I missed a few. Ethnic groups. The gospel is good news for all ethnic groups. We don't have the, we, we, it's not just included for us. 
It's for everyone. If there's a Hispanic next door to you, you need to share the gospel with them. If there's a Chinese next door, you need to share the gospel. The gospel is good news to all nations, to all ethnic groups. And we're aware that we're to go into Jerusalem. That's us, Judea, Samaria. But then to the uttermost parts of the earth, to all those ethnic groups. However, the majority of us may never be called to go to the other parts. But that doesn't excuse us from getting the gospel to the other parts. We may not go personally. Now, some are blessed to go to the other parts that are pretty close to, to us. And we've got trips going to Nicaragua and other places. But the important thing is not so much of us going, but the gospel being sent. That's the important part. And, and that's why international missions are so needed. Southern Baptists have almost 4,000 missionaries worldwide, and that's why we emphasize a Lottie Moon Christmas offering and Operation Christmas Child and, and everything going outside the United States because we're to go to, the, uh, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. We're to go into the close cities of us and counties of us and states. We have North American missionaries, and we have Franklin County missionaries, and we have Mountain View missionaries. We're to be missionaries, too. We're to go with the gospel also. The point is, we're to assist as a church family in getting the gospel to all the nations, to all the ethnic groups. I had a chance to visit with a friend of ours, Richard, Mike Goforth. Mike was telling me that his son, uh, Jake, and his daughter are missionaries to Italy. And they just, Jake finished language school, and, um, and Mike then went last year, I believe, last summer, and, and to visit with them, and, and Jake, Jake preached in an Italian. Uh, he's from Boaz. He's not, you know, he's learned Italian while he's over there. And Mike shared with me this weekend that, that he's, he and his wife, and she just finished language schools, the Southern Baptist Mission, that's a two-year language school. And, and they're stationed in Italy, and they're moving from where they're presently assigned to, to a fishing village across the country. And there's about, a, I think, about 100,000 people there, maybe fewer than that. They're excited because they're going to start a church there in their home. That's why we emphasize missions. So we're to, we're to evangelize, we're to send the gospel to the nations, and then we're to share the gospel, the good news about Jesus, as we go forth in our Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea. I mentioned a couple's name on the prayer list. We dropped by, I had a meeting in Montgomery uh, Friday, and I dropped Judy off. Thursday at uh, Corey's, and I went on to Montgomery, and he came back by, and we was loading things up. Yesterday, this guy in their community that a lot of people walk and, and jog, and so he was, he's passing my car, and he was walking, and, and uh, so I was loaded down with some luggage, and so he made a comment about my car tag, and uh, so anyway, uh, he said, you're a pastor, and I said, yes, and I shared with him church I pastored and we got to talking and he was a believer we talked for a little while and I asked him I said have you ever asked Christ to come into your life and save you and he said yes he 
he shared, shared his testimony. He said, but my wife's dying right now. And I said, really? He said, yes. Probably 60, I guess, in that neighborhood. And she has a deteriorating brain disease. He's a retired policeman from Atlanta for 28 years. They have one daughter there in a trustful area and a couple of other daughters scattered around some close states. Well, what I'm saying is I tried to make it a point to share with him to see if he'd ever trusted Christ as Lord and Savior of his life. And, and then I said, would it be all right, Greg, if I had a prayer with you? Standing there in the street. And he paused just for a moment, just momentarily, and he said, yeah, that would be good. And so I had an opportunity to pray for him and, and for, his, for his wife, that she was just, uh, she's beyond Alzheimer's, if you can imagine that. Young person, really. See, God's going to hold you and me and us accountable in how we fulfill this great commission. Therefore, we're to be involved locally through our own sharing and globally through our own going and through our praying and through our giving to make sure we get the gospel to the ethnos, to the other nations. Go forward in faith, doing personal evangelism. It's a personal call. It's a call to evangelism. Evangelism is directed to all nations. And then I'm going to close with this. There's an urgency to obey the call. The last words of a person is very important. I remember sitting beside my dad before he died, a couple of days before he died, and we just had a good conversation. I wish you could have met him. Some of you knew Dad. I know Brother Jerome knew Dad and Richard and many of in our church family. He had a dry sense of humor about him. And I said, well, Dad, I said, uh, we need, just need to talk. This thing don't turn out like we think it's going to turn out. He said, well, he said, I'm going to tell you something, son. I have no regrets whatsoever. Wouldn't it be good to live life and have no regrets? He said, I have no regrets. So we talked about funerals, and I said, well, what about your funeral? And he said, well, I, I want to ask you to. I said, because I'm the cheapest around. He said, no, I just, he said, uh, no, I'd like for you to do it if you don't mind. I said, I don't mind, I'd be honored to. So I had an opportunity to, to, to conduct his service. But I never will forget those things he said to me just a couple of days and the day we visited, not about the day he died, the doctor was on one side of the bed, I was on the other, and we were talking about transferring to another hospital, and before he knew it, he died. Doctor in the room, just making small talk, he died. And last words are important. These are some of the last words of Jesus. They're important, very important. I remember the last words of Paul, in 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8, listen to what he says. He says, For I am now ready to be offered. My time of departure is at hand. He said, I fought a good fight. Wouldn't it be good for all of us to be able to say that? I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. And Jesus, Jesus, Matthew 28, says the most important thing I leave with you and 
is the responsibility of sharing this good news to all nations. Now, there's an urgency to the call to this great commission. There's an urgency, and there's an eternal terrifying result if we fail, and that result is that people go to hell. People will miss heaven and go to hell if they don't hear the gospel and respond to the gospel before they die. Look, if you will, as we close at uh, Luke chapter 16. I'm not going to really make any comments. I believe the word speaks for itself. And if you're here to this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ, God's speaking directly to you about a coming day where your life on this earth will end. You'll either go to heaven or you'll go to hell. And, and that breaks my heart because you don't have to go to hell. Luke 16, verse 18, or verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. He just kind of had it all. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of swords. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came in and licked his sores. It came to pass that the beggar died. He was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died, and he was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he, the rich man, he cried, and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between, between us and you, there's this great guff fix so that they which would pass from there from hence to you cannot, neither they that pass to us, that they would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would send him, Lazarus, to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. He said unto him, They hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise or raise from the dead. You know, this morning, just ask yourself this question. Do you need to go forward in faith in doing personal evangelism? Do you, are you just almost there? Do you just need to take a little step? Do you just need to go forward in faith and learn how to share your faith? Do you need to just take a little step and team up with a, with a uh, grow outreach team that meets on Tuesday night and go out to your age group and share a testimony on what Christ has done for you? Are you almost there? All it needs is just you to put a little faith and going forward. Would you be willing to, to, to pray for family members and friends who are lost, who are backslidden? We come together on Wednesday night, and for four weeks now, we have divided into prayer groups. 
Man, you wouldn't believe the prayer services we're having. We have ten prayer leaders. We divide in prayer groups where there's about five in each prayer group. And we pray for lost family members and friends and those that are backslidden that we have as family members and friends. We pray for other requests. We had... We, we went through, this past week, we had a great time in, uh, in just doing conversational prayer. If you've never done conversational prayer, it's fantastic. We had a great prayer time together. And we were praying for our, for our daughter, and Corey, and so she said, hey, I, the doctor called this afternoon, that was Friday, and she said, Dad said my, my, my levels were down. That's prayer answer. We had prayer groups praying for Corey. Some of your perhaps family and friends were on those uh, in those prayer groups. Let me just ask you this. If you really want to see them go to heaven, and I believe you do, come pray for them on Wednesday night when we just spend time in prayer. Come pray for them. Family and friends. We'll go forward in faith doing personal evangelism. Let me close by just simply saying, lost person, if you're here without Jesus, God cares for you. Cared for you so much that he sent his son into this cruel world to die on the cross for your sins. Jesus cares for you. Willing to leave heaven's portals and come to this place, this cruel earth, and die on a cross for you. He came and died. Godly people care that you go to heaven. Mothers, godly mothers and fathers and children have prayed for you that you would be saved. Godly friends have prayed that you'd be saved. Godly people have prayed that you would come to know Christ. They care. Angels in heaven care. Angels, the Bible tells us in Luke 15, verses 8 through 10, that the angels rejoice when one sinner comes to repentance. The angels care. And people in hell, did you know they cared? This man had five brothers, and he was begging for someone, for God to send someone, Abraham, to send someone to his brothers that they might escape that dreadful place. People in hell are, 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 are wanting to see you saved. Our church cares for you. I care for you. Now here's the point I finish. Do you care? Do you care about your soul salvation to the point to where you're willing to say, hey, I'm taking a step in faith today and I'm trusting Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior.